0: Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast, I'm Adam Abdallah, follow me on Twitter at Adam a. and as always, with Jordan Shorewood, who had a very good weekend last weekend with a very light card. Follow him on Twitter. at on ESPN. One thousand. I don't even know if last week was an appetizer. That was like the like I'm gonna eat a few crackers before we go because I'm not sure what this menu is gonna be like. I almost so feel I'm like eat some
1: pretzels or something. I almost feel like it was it, it was actually like an espresso or you needed to have an espresso like post meal. Yeah, like you were just still digesting. Uh, the card that was—you're still digesting the AFC NFC Championship game—and then oh, by the way, you've got this—you know—nice little uh, UFC fight card, which I did not stay up to watch. I totally mailed it in after the Do Ho Choi uh, debacle yeah. of a call. Mm-hmm. We had that fight one; it would have been a clean sleep, four and with our Fat Jack selections. I I actually have never seen, an a, a headbutt call
0: like yeah. that. Yeah.
1: Like, I've seen incidentals. But I can't remember the last time where it, it, I, I definitely saw the replay of Duho Choi and, like, he definitely headbutted Kyle Nelson. Like, there wasn't any argument. But I don't think it was on purpose. It may have been purposeful, but mm-hmm. it wasn't on purpose, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. And then it just killed. It just I mean, again, we pushed, so it was fine. Like, you know, you didn't, you didn't lose your bet, but you didn't win. And we had that in the bag. Duho Choi was going to win that fight three rounds uh, or two rounds to one.
0: Yeah, exactly, and that it happens, right? Yeah, I mean, you get kicked in the face, something yeah. like that. That's what happens. Did right? you watch any of the fight? No, like, how I much? How much of the card did you get? None. None. none it absolutely. was in between. I, I slept in between, and then I got up and the, like because I don't set alarms for it. The alarm is the baby crying. Correct. Right. So when the baby started crying, it was like it was already done. So I watched while I was feeding her. I watched the highlights on twitter so i saw it but i didn't see Derek it Derek lewis got man i dude man dude we talked about that not mentally ready not physically ready for the fight um you know so yeah that's what that's what happens but now now we have a great card ufc 284 we are going to crown the pound for pound best fighter in the world Islam Makachev against Alexander Volkanovsky. That is your main event. We've got a very good main card to preview. But before we do that, before we do that, we have more news to talk about. As it was announced earlier this week, Conor McGregor, Michael Chandler, the ultimate fighter. They will coach against each other, but they will also fight each other. The date has to be determined. The location has yet to be determined, but they have announced... Conor McGregor is coming back to the octagon and he is going to fight Michael Chandler.
1: Yeah, and it's a good thing for the UFC because when, look, I don't like the guy, but when he fights and he's in in leading up to a fight week, uh, he's on an Ultimate Fighter reality show, people tune in. I mean, he's one of those guys where you stop what you're doing, you get together with your friends, you go to your local bar, or you, you get together and you watch Conor McGregor fight. So for, for him to put, be put on a card likely in early fall because they're going to have to film the reality show, so that's an 8-12 to 12 week process. Mm-hmm. It's going to be great. It'll be very good television because Michael Chandler kind of embraces a WWE-type persona, like he is a pro wrestling fan and he likes to be the an instigator. He's been pining for this fight. And look, maybe not based on his win-loss record, but based on his performances, his activity inside the octagon, he's never in a boring fight. He's never in a point fight. I actually saw him live, the greatest fight that I've ever seen back in Florida. This is when he was fighting for Bellator when he beat Eddie Alvarez to become the Bellator lightweight champion of the world. I was live at the Hard Rock uh, Casino down in Miami. Uh, It was the sickest fight I've ever seen. Four-round, he stopped Eddie Alvarez in the fourth round. Been a fan of Michael Chandler ever since. This is the perfect matchup for Conor McGregor. The perfect matchup for well, Conor McGregor to come back in after that after a long layoff. I don't even know how many
0: years that he's he's been out of there. Two years, nearly two, two years. years. But here's the thing, though, right? Here's the thing: which Conor McGregor are we getting? Because have you seen Conor McGregor recently? He's put on what looks like fifty pounds of muscle. Like, he is jacked now. Like, to the point where you're like, what are you on, bro? Like, I'm not saying he's on anything, but like, he doesn't look like skinny, wiry, like muscular, but like toned McGregor. He looks, he looks he's like, full. yeah, he's full. he looks swole now. Like, he looks like he's done nothing but hit the gym and take copious amounts of creatine and. Maybe some other things, but that like he doesn't look the same. Well, the
1: first thing you have to consider, and fortunate for him, that this fight will be at welterweight. This fight's not going to be at featherweight. Yeah, it's not at lightweight. It's at welterweight, so he's going to have the additional you know fifteen pound allotment to put on uh, in preparation for this fight. So that's a good thing. And and look. From from a matchup standpoint, again, it is a favorable matchup for Conor McGregor. It's a guy that's going to stand in front of him and try and strike. Yes, Michael Chandler does have a wrestling background. He does that have have that in his hip pocket. We've never seen it out of him inside the octagon uh, before. Now, probably it'd be smart for him to do that against Conor McGregor because we know that Conor McGregor always struggles with grapplers and guys that look to take him down. Michael Chandler's not that type of guy. Michael mm-hmm. Chandler's going to want to be entertaining. He's going to want to knock out Conor McGregor. So for a matchup right now, it's, it, it's pick him. I, I was able to grab Conor McGregor when it was released. He was plus money when it first came out. Okay. It's now pick him. So my advice for you is likely, is likely going to have to grab Conor McGregor now because I believe the public money obviously with a McGregor fight continue to pour in on him where he's going to be a sizable favorite likely yeah. come fight night whenever that fight right takes on place. FanDuel
0: they're both minus 108 right
1: yeah I'm looking yeah. at that right now and look and, and again it is a favorable matchup again uh, also to welcome Conor McGregor back in to the octagon It's a, it, and it's a fight that a lot of people are going to be very interested to see because as I alluded to Michael Chandler also has that type of persona has that type of fight activity that people want to tune in and watch so good for the UFC they've had a lot of bad press uh, as of late uh the power slap league not doing well dana sucks White sucks for you dana, dana white. white
0: has had the bad press not the, well, i wouldn't say the ufc has had the bad press dana white well has had he the is bad the press. but he is the UFC. no i understand that but like if if the allegations against him like he's not gonna the ufc is not gonna fold because dana white has to sell the company or whatever i understand whatever. that Step i'm away more, I, or something. I don't want to have to,
1: like, forget about what happened with him and his wife on New Year's, but, like, it's kind of in the past. Like, nothing's going to happen. So now I'm focused on the fact that he doesn't even know the lightweight champion's name. And he's got a fight coming up, a super fight coming up on Saturday. He couldn't think of Makachev's name. Like, what what are you talking about, Dana?
0: He might have been hit in the head a few times too. Hey, like, Jesus. let's not. <laughs> Jesus Christ, <come> on. <laughs> let's get into that fight. Not that fight specifically, but this card UFC 284 on Saturday in Australia. How about that? They're going down under to Australia, and our first fight: Jimmy Crute against Alonzo Menafield. Alonzo Menafield plus 175, despite going four and one over his last five fights. Jimmy Crute, minus 230, coming in uh, 0 and two in his last two fights with two stoppage, stoppage losses. Uh, uh, coming into this fight, neither of these guys like to finish fights or, or have it go to the judges' scorecard. So this could, this main card could start with some fireworks here. So Jimmy Crute, minus minus two thirty, Alonzo Menafield plus plus one seventy five. What do you think of this? Well, one? look at you. Look at those last two losses though for uh, Jimmy Crute. He against the champ
1: in Jamal Hill and against Anthony Smith, the guy mm-hmm. likely to fight for the title first. Uh, which Jamal Hill now laying claim to the light heavyweight championship. Yuri Prohaska is not, not ready. So, look, I, I don't know who Jimmy Crute is because Jimmy Crute burst onto the scene 24 years of age. He won five of his first six impressive first-round finishes. He can take guys to the ground, submit them as well. Then he, you know, obviously stumbled a little bit against high-caliber competition. This is a step back in competition. Finally, Jimmy Crute is healthy. Alonzo Minifield is a favorable matchup for him. in An older fighter, 11 years his senior, is Alonzo Minifield. But Jimmy Crute has porous defense. Alonzo Minifield has knockout power in in both hands. My play on this fight is going to be on the under, and it's juiced heavily to the under at 2.5 at minus 225. I even think that this fight could go under 1.5, so that's probably going to be my recommendation because Jimmy Crute does not want to waste any time. He wants to get Alonzo Minifield out of there, and if he gets him to the ground, it should be a quick night for him. But I also think that either guy can knock each other out. So I'm laying favoritism into both. Uh, Jimmy Crute, maybe you stuff him into a parlay, but I think there's probably too much risk. He would have to be the fourth leg. Uh, of of a parlay, so, you know, mm-hmm. usually we like to give out three or four-leg parlay, so it's questionable. So basically, yeah, long story short here, for me, it's the under at one and a half. I think someone is getting finished in this fight. I favor Jimmy Crute because he's got more ways to win. I question Alonzo Minifield's ability to get up once the fight gets to the ground, but I also question Jimmy Crute's defense, and Alonzo Minifield's going to look for that knockout.
0: Yeah, and if you look at that under one and a half, like you mentioned, that's minus 140 right now. Jimmy Crute by knockout, plus 220. Jimmy Croup by submission, plus 230. Metafield by knockout, plus 320. And Crute by points is plus 500. So, you know, obviously, Metafield by submission, 17-1, to not going to happen. And Metafield by points, which we don't think is going to happen because we don't think this goes the distance, at plus 900. So if you're looking at this, like you mentioned, Crute by knockout at plus 220, or Alonzo Minifield by knockout at plus 320, or just take the safe bet and go minus 140 with the under one and a half and hope this ends quickly and we move on to our next fight. Yeah,
1: I think that's the safe <laughs> that's the safest bet because again, you know, Alonzo Minifield, how are these how are these guys that are not not non not not what am I saying? non New Zealanders. That's what yeah. I wanted to say. Guys that are having to do the long, you know, the long travel, get adjusted to the climate, the time change. Everything else in between, Alonzo minif- Minifield is one of them. But then you couple that with, like, Jimmy Crude's been out a year. He's going to be fighting in front of his home countrymen. There's going to be some added pressure, just like we talked about, uh, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago with the with the Brazilian fights. You know, this is the first time that they're alive in their home country. They're going to want to have very good performances, and sometimes the game plan goes out the door if you want to wow the crowd.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So hopefully this starts quickly for this main card, and the crowd is uh... – is satisfied with uh, a good finish here and a knockout to start this main card. Our next fight, Justin Taffa against Parker Porter. Taffa minus 140 against Parker Porter, who is plus 110. Now, Taffa hasn't fought. Since 2021, uh, he missed weight and then knocked out Harry Hunsucker uh, to snap his two-fight skid in 2021, but then didn't fight in 2022. And then Porter's 3-1 and in his last four fights. What do you think of this one between uh, the big boys and the heavyweights?
1: Can we just focus on that for a second? The dude missed weight. He's a heavyweight. Yeah, how do you miss weight as a heavyweight? He he, he became the first UFC fighter ever at heavyweight to miss the heavyweight Like, how do you... I, I don't know how. That's that a big dude. I don't know how it happens, but look, fortunate for him, he won the fight. He won the fight. That's a big uh, dude in, in the first round. Look, I know you like dogs. I know, <laughs> I know you like dogs. So yeah. uh, they're gonna bark. They're gonna bark on Saturday. All and right. This is, this is one I'm seriously considering. Look, uh, I think this fight's either got two scenarios, two likely things that are gonna happen. One, Justin Top is gonna win the fight in the first three minutes via knockout. Or Parker Porter is going to win this fight late, or in my mind, going to win this fight via decision. Parker Porter is an underrated heavyweight, and look, a lethargic heavyweight, a low-level heavyweight, but the guy is slick inside. He's got good boxing. He avoids, uh, you know, avoids getting finished. Albeit, yes, he did get finished by Jolton Almeida, but that dude is a killer, and he's finishing mm-hmm. everybody. We just saw what he did, you know, three weeks ago in Brazil. I think Parker Porter is elusive enough and also has wrestling in his back pocket. A lot of people don't realize this, but on the regional scene, he had a very successful heavyweight career in taking guys to the ground and controlling them. So I think Parker Porter at plus money, right, and that's a virtual pick. Parker Porter at plus money, he's not going to put himself in in, in dangerous situations. He's going to be able to avoid the big strike, the big overhand right, by Justin Taffa, and I think take Taffa into deeper waters, where where I believe Parker Porter is going to have the better cardio and have an opportunity to steal this fight. So I think Parker Porter certainly is the smart play here. In all likelihood, you know, it's risky with heavyweights, but look, the over is juiced, right? Mm-hmm. The, the, they're thinking that this fight's going in one and a half, two rounds. So. That favors Parker Porter because Parker Porter wants to get this fight into the later round. So uh, I like Parker Porter to win this fight straight up on the money line at plus one ten. Uh, if you need me, uh, Abdallah to put a put a handicap on a prop, it's going to be him via decision. I think that he'll just you know outstrike. It'll be a kind of a a kickboxing match that he wins. Maybe he gets a takedown or two, and uh, the over in this fight as well. I just don't think we're getting like a, like we're typically accustomed to with, with with heavyweights that one guy's getting put out of there in the first couple of minutes.
0: So two things here. You mentioned method of victory. So Tafa by knockout, plus 170. Par- uh, Parker by points at plus 350. So those are the two least odds. That's what Vegas thinks is going to happen, right? And then your over is actually plus money. Over two and a half is plus 110. So if you think it's going to go to the distance, plus 110, but I'll say just take the dog on the money line straight up. Yeah, like, you, at plus at yeah. 110 here for that, it's plus the 102. If yeah. it's the
1: same value, plus 110 yeah. for Porter to win, mm-hmm. and then the decision, like, Justin Toff is not winning this fight via decision. Like, yeah. you know, it's just not happening. Uh, um... So, uh, yeah, I think that the smartest play is, is Porter, a guy that's not going to avoid danger. He's going to be elusive. He's going to slip those those, those big strikes from Justin Tafa Toffa's also coming back. You know, it's it's been a while since we've seen him inside the, uh, the octagon. Over a year, he's going to have the added pressure of, again, fighting in front of his home countrymen. So I like Parker Porter. Steal this one and get a win.
0: All right, our next fight. Jack Delam Madalena, local guy. I think he can walk. He's to the, the stadium. only. Yes, he can. He's the only real local guy out of Perth. Like legit. I think I read he's like his house is ten minutes away from the arena, so yeah. I think he can walk there if he wanted to. Uh, he's minus three seventy, very juiced up against the rain against Randy Brown, who is plus two sixty five. Both these guys trying to get into the top fifteen of the welterweight division. Uh, Delam Madalena joined UFC about a year ago and reeled off three straight first round knockouts, and so he's twenty. 26 years old. He was the UFC 2022 rookie of the year. Uh, Brown is in his eighth year now. He's uh, 10 and four inside the octagon, but he is plus 265. Like this screams. De La in a parlay at minus 370. The home crowd is going to be behind him. I mean, he's the one that doesn't need to get adjusted to anything. He's just waking up and going to work. And uh, I feel like that is the way that uh, we're going to go in this one, if I'm not mistaken. Home crowd, all that kind of stuff, right? I mean,
1: we're talking about the 2022 ESPN Rookie of the Year in in the UFC. This guy burst onto the scene. Yeah, as you mentioned, two, three first-round finishes. Dramatic step up in competition. Randy Brown is no joke. Uh, You know, He's been in there with a lot of different guys. High caliber in the welterweight division in the UFC, only losses to like the notable names like Vicente Luque, Bilal Muhammad, uh, et cetera, four-fight win streak. His length, his size always causes issues. And and really the big contentious uh, storyline about this fight is a lot of people believe this and, and, and the main event are off uh, on where the odds are. A lot of people that I've spoken to believe Maddalena is severely overpriced. A lot of disrespect hmm. for Randy Brown. Uh, I am not on that side. I'm not in agreement with, with the majority of people that are saying it. I think Mad- Maddalena is the real deal. This is a very difficult matchup for Randy Brown. Uh, Randy Brown is the perfect opponent, uh, a guy that you know has questioned before his, his his uh, uh, ability to take a strike. Uh, he's been pressured up against a cage before, which is, I think, the, 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 the way that Medellin is going to look to win this fight. And Nico Price stopped him. Vicente Luque stopped him in that matter. So I believe Medellin is certainly worth the price. Probably, as you alluded to, it's, it's too much uh, juice to put on straight up in the money line. So I like him in the parlay, so we'll stuff him into our parlay and trying to find one or two others to eke out but I certainly believe is worth worth that price he is the real deal.
0: So Magdalena by knockout is minus 110, Magdalena by points is plus 280. Randy Brown by points and then it kind of falls off. 5 to 1 for Randy Brown by points, 11 to 1 Randy Brown by knockout and then the submissions aren't even worth looking at at 12 to 1 and 13 to 1, but I mean you're getting basic odds at minus 110 that's like standard odds at Magdalena by knockout at uh, minus 110. And then as far as round props go for this one, uh, the under 2.5 is minus 148 for this fight. So any recommendations on method of victory or the the total rounds at 2.5, or maybe we're just taking Maude and stuffing him into a parlay?
1: I think it's stuffing him into a parlay. I mean, again, when you get up to that next level of competition, which Maude is now facing in Randy Brown, the knockouts don't come as frequent as, as they do. The finishes don't get as frequent as they do. Uh, you know, but again, Randy Brown has been a guy that's been stopped. He's been stopped by similar powerful strikers. He even got knocked down by Chaos Williams two fights ago, of a, a, a fight that Randy Brown only won via split decision. He got knocked down in that third round that he was w- winning kind of convincingly, uh, and it ended up being a split decision. So I think for me, it's Metalena just, just into the parlay, no real method of victory.
0: All right, our uh, co-main event is a title fight for the interim featherweight type because Volkanovski is going up to uh, lightweight, so featherweight is vacant, not really, but kind of, uh, the interim... Featherweight title will be determined between Yari Rodriguez and Josh Emmett. Josh Emmett plus 135, Yari Rodriguez minus 170. Rodriguez is much flashier. Emmett has the power and can knock you out if he wants to. Uh, two different styles approaching here is the approach in this fight. And so one has to win, obviously. Yari Rodriguez right now the favorite at minus 170, now up to minus 175 on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, the
1: speed, the versatility, the age. Uh, Yair Rodriguez, you know, very flashy. A lot of people point to his, his, his win over the Korean zombie, wanted it, knocking him out in the last 10 seconds of the fight that Yair Rodriguez, I think, arguably was, was losing. Uh, and many people thought that he'd be in this position at some point in his career to fight uh, for a UFC belt, whereas then you get Josh Emmett, who's a little bit older. He's the powerful uh, wrestler. Good overhand right, um, knockout power, very good wrestling when he utilizes it. Both guys come from good camps. Uh, and both guys deserve to be in this in this uh, position. Uh, a lot of people questioned Josh Emmett's victory over Calvin Cater the last time they fought Calvin Cater, obviously at the upper echelon of the featherweight division. But the way that Josh Emmett won that fight and the way that MMA has been scoring fights as of late, my recommendation is Josh Emmett.
0: Because Josh dogs. Emmett is the dog.
1: And the reason being is because of the significant strikes. The more damage. Not the more strikes volume-wise, but the more strikes that are going to land with significance in the fight. That is how he won his fight with Calvin Cater. If you go back, Calvin Cater was, was touching him up, mm-hmm. doing a great job with the jab. But there were times that Josh Emmett landed one of those bombs that he carries that power you know, throughout the entire fight. Three rounds, five rounds. Uh, it's significant. Ketlin Vieira arguably stole a fight from Holly Holm a couple of fights ago because she landed the more significant strikes, whereas Holly Holm landed volume. I think that is a game plan to certainly look at. Plus, I do believe that Josh Emmett will finally utilize his wrestling to get some takedowns at some point in the fight. Yair Rodriguez is good. He's not great with his takedown defense. So it's those two things that I'm really focusing in on. And the other stat that everybody's throwing out there, Abdal, which is notable, is that uh Josh Emmett in his UFC career has 11 knockdowns. Okay. The other three comp- uh, guys combined that are competing in the Comey event, so Yair and then Makachev and uh, Volkanovski, don't come close to 11 combined, adding them all wow, together. Okay. I think it's like seven. All right. Uh, six or seven. Love so it. Josh
0: Emmett's got power.
1: Love uh, it. And by the way, MMA's been
0: scoring. Small you t- play. You t- small play. Listen, you tweeted out earlier this week. You were like, the dogs are barking. Mm-hmm. Woof, 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 yeah. Just saying, uh-huh. the dogs are barking this week, and they are. So, Yair Rodriguez by points is plus one hundred and fifty. Josh Emmett by points is plus three hundred and ten. Emmett by knockout is plus 420. Rodriguez by knockout is plus 340. If we look at the round props here, uh, over 4.5 is juiced up to minus 160. So Vegas believes this could go the distance. And like you mentioned, if it does, that could be beneficial for Josh Emmett, given the power and the potential knockdown there and everything that goes with that. So no, we're not hunting for anything else. We're just going to go with the dogs there. We're going to go with Josh Emmett at plus 135. That's great value right there uh, for that fight. And finally, our main event. I've, I'm so excited for this fight. I don't think I've been excited for a since we've been starting this. We started this podcast about a year ago. That uh, for I haven't been as excited for a fight ever. I don't think like this is ESPN's pound for pound men's rankings. Number one, Volkanovsky. Number two is Makachev. Makachev is minus four hundred in this uh, lightweight fight here for the belt. Volk- Volkanovsky, plus plus two eighty five. Makachev is twenty three and one. He's won his past 21 fights. Volkanovski is a perfect 12-0 in the UFC. He's got a 22-fight winning streak overall. Volkanovski's from Australia. Like, this, is there's so much going into this. We talked to Volkanovski last time he fought about moving up into this weight class. Like, we, we've been on this fight for a while. You said last week when we did the podcast... You're leaning towards Volkanovski because of his of his wrestling and of because of the the hometown crowd and just because he is number one in the pound for pound fighting right now to Makachev's number two. Do you still feel that way at plus two eighty five for Alexander Volkanovski in this main event? Yeah.
1: Look, if it's if it goes any lower, it'll be a no play for me. I mean. Alexander Volkanovski is tremendously being undervalued here in this fight. Again, you just said it. He's the pound-for-pound pound best fighter we have currently on the planet. His win streak is at, at 22 fights in a row. Is, is second to none. Who he's been in there with and and how he's evolved. You know, being able to get through the striking and outstrike Max Holloway to survive the, those submission attempts by Brian Ortega. Um, you know. A couple other things about this. Like, he's always been a, a big featherweight. I'm not too concerned, just based on his body type, you know, mm-hmm. the, uh, how he's compact and a little bit smaller, um, being able to put on the extra weight and not have it be totally uh, affect what he does inside uh, the octagon. The other thing is, on the Makachev side of things, is Islam Makachev has not fought a, a wrestler, a grappler like Alexander Volkanovsky. and and yes, people that are hardcore listeners to the podcast or have heard me talk about like the last time Makachev fought, like I was on Charles Oliveira's side, and Charles mm-hmm. Oliveira was the greatest grappler that he's ever seen, and Oliveira's fine going to the ground, and we saw what happened. I mean, you know, Makachev smashed him. Yeah. But and, and I get that Makachev also brings in a completely different and unique style of grappling, the Habib 2.0. You know, it, it's hard to replicate that in camp. So Volkanovski is going to have his hands full if this fight. Goes to the ground. But again, Makachev has not fought a guy, a wrestler. And the only time he struggled with kind of like a wrestler similar is Armin Sarukian. And that was a split decision win for um, Islam Makachev. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, so striking wise, I think that that, that that Volkanovsky has the advantage. I don't believe yet that Islam Makachev has showcased that he's a superior striker. He's wanting to get this fight to the ground. So, all that coupled in at that plus 285. Right now I'm looking at it here on a Wednesday at FanDuel. Okay. I like Volganovsky there. Sprinkle. It's worth it. Sprinkle. If it goes lower, it's probably stay away but from bet, me. So
0: are you saying wait or are you saying bet it now? Because you're saying if it goes down, you don't like it, but, at, but right now you like it. So if someone's listening to this today on Wednesday or tomorrow on Thursday and it's still 285, are you saying bet it now or are you saying wait until Saturday night, see what it is, and then if it's lower than two hundred eighty five, like if this drops, if money comes in on Volk and it gets to down to plus two hundred, stay away because people are starting to like the public is coming in on it. Is yeah, that what you're it, saying? Exactly. I okay. mean look,
1: there's other books right now that I see that that have them at plus three ten, plus okay. three twenty. So okay. I think as we know you, you you should shop around sometimes when you're looking for the for the but value better Exactly. Promo but better co- From exactly. Promo code of dollar. Well that's it, exactly. I mean that's <laughs> the book that I use and that's the book that I love using. But you know look, uh, Alexander Volkanovsky it's just severely disrespect. I mean he is pound for pound the best fighter we have.
0: So explain then why for for like the the novice gambler or for whatever reason sure. for the, the the novice UFC fan who might Tradici- be well traditionally
1: yeah. in the history the the champions typically going up in weight to challenge for another uh, against for another belt have not been successful. Okay. I, I but then know.
0: why are you – I guess what I'm saying is explain why you like it now but won't like it if it goes lower than this. Because because of that history. Because, okay. again,
1: I don't know what Alexander Volkanovsky is going to look like at 155. Okay. I don't know how he's going to handle the, the size of a guy like Makachev, the okay. wrestling of Makachev. Will of you a tweet
0: out on Friday after they get on the scale – and say I like this what, or official, I don't like My this. official yeah. play is yes, this. yes yeah. I will, and Abs- what on absolutely. ESPN One Thousand. Make absolutely. sure you get that there. We've done this before. We're like we record this on a Wednesday or Thursday, and you're like I want to wait to see them on the scale to see how he's adapted to the weight, right? That kind of stuff, which Exa- is fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: Yeah. But but again, like we've seen it before, Israel uh, Israel Adesanya, my, I think most recent example, you went up and fought Jan Bolhovich, and Israel was the pound for pound best fighter in the world, and and Yan was you know he was the champ at light heavyweight, but didn't have a lot of respect, and Jan beat him. Yeah, Yan yeah, handled him pretty easily. So. There's a difference, the, you know. That's why the separation of these weight classes uh, occurs because of uh, the ability to cut weight and the ability to move up. But as you just said, and he told us, he was planning to go to 155 at some point as well. Mm-hmm. So you know, he he wins the fight, he's staying at 155. I don't see him bouncing back and forth between the two. He'll stay at
0: 155. Any props that, that you like in this fight, Makachev by submission is plus 145. Makachev by points is plus 230. Makachev by knockout is plus 500. And then. We see the Volkanovsky props five and a half to one by points, nine to one by knockout, and twenty-two, keep going, keep going, keep going. 22, 22 to one. Keep going. That's submission. the one I played. That's the one I played. I played it last night on
1: FanDuel. Twenty two uh, to one by sub. Fat Jack uh had some really nice college basketball winners last yes, night. He did. So I had a little, yes, had a he little did. extra. I'm like,
0: let's let's see what I can do here. let what's,
1: what's gonna be an interesting play. Cause I like Volkanovski, Damn. but I want it so twenty two to one. All right. Here
0: we go. All right. Here we go. I love it. I love it. All right. <laughs> and the round props, this is a five round uh, title fight, obviously. So they this is at a three and a half is the uh is the total. Three and a half is minus one eighteen to the over.
1: I think you got to look at the over. I mean, both both these guys are both these guys are just so good, so good. So, but
0: you're throwing out. Assuming everything stays the same, Saturday morning you wake up. And and here's and here's
1: why too. Like, how okay? If if there's a finish, how is Makachev going to get the finish? I I mean, uh, submission, uh, right? 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 yeah, Yeah. Did you see Alexander Volkanovsky survive the submissions yeah, of Brian but, Ortega? But, but
0: Makachev's different like you mentioned, it's that Dagestani, like it's different. Like they they're different grapplers, man. They're a different breed of grapplers. And they're the best at it. They are the best at it. They are. Like they, the murder man exactly, the city. Exactly. At and it.
1: exactly. And that's why, you know, again, the value, the, the the money line on Islam Makachev somewhat makes sense because you can't replicate. The grappling, yeah. you're going to find until until you get in there. Before, but it's a super intriguing fight.
0: Before we recap our picks here, anything in the prelims you like? Anything we can stuff into this parlay with uh, Della Maddalena here at minus 350?
1: Yeah, I'll throw out two uh, or two and a half because I have one fight. So the, the featured prelim, uh, Modestus Bukakis and, and Tyson Pedro... Uh, I think Bukakis was unceremoniously let go from the UFC. He bounced right back. He's taking this fight on short notice after two wins on the regional scene against Tyson Pedro. I think someone's getting finished. Tyson Pedro has knockout power, very good submissions. Uh, Bukakis, you know, also knockout power. So the under one and a half small sprinkle on Bukakis, just because, you know, Tyson Pedro returned after like a three year layoff of injuries and he's smoked two guys, but neither one of those guys are in the UFC currently. So, um, under one and a half, Bukowski uh, as the money line, underdog, and then Yeah, that's plus two to one right now. That's y- plus two hundred. Yeah, plus two hundred and way down on the card. Uh Blake Builder over Shane Young. Shane Young also a guy that's fighting Ooh, in front these of these are all dogs. Yeah. Well, I told you dogs are barking. All right. So um, no I
0: mean, so then don't put anything in the parlayer then, right? Because I'm not putting underdog Okay, in no, 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 yeah. These are just straight. No parlay I, this week, guys.
1: No parlay this week. Sorry.
0: Fine. Fine.
1: The Builder money line, he's a Dana White contender series guy. Shane, Shane Young, you know, fighting in front of his home countrymen. Long layoff, kind of wild man out there. I think Builder could steal that. And then, as I just mentioned, the uh, the Pedro Bukoska. Space.
0: All right. The, ma- the main card picks are the Krupp-Menefield under... One and a half at minus 140. Parker Porter at plus 110. Also sprinkled by points at plus 350. Josh Emmett at plus 135. A lot of pluses. I love it. Volkanovsky at plus 285. But wait until Friday until Jordan at Wood on ESPN 1000 tweets out the official pick. And then take that sprinkle and put it on 22 to 1. Volkanovsky <laughs> by submission. Listen, man, this is a pad the wall. It's Saturday. Because Sunday's the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. and you got to have all that extra cash for all the props and the anthem and the Gatorade and all that dumb stuff. Which which song is Rihanna going to end with? What song is she going to start with?
1: Who's, who's going
0: to appear? All Just that stop. kind of stuff. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. And you want to talk, you mentioned it, but you want to talk about hot go to fatchxports.com and get signed up because that dude is on absolute fire like whether it's the NFL college basketball NBA the dude has been on an absolute tear recently and he's gonna release a bunch of props for the Super Bowl he hit a bunch of props in the uh, championship games a couple weeks ago and uh, he got those games right as well so make sure you uh, subscribe there you can get all of Jordan's picks there as well FatJackSports.com. you can follow him on Twitter at what on ESPN1000 follow me on Twitter at Adam a Abdallah. I'm gonna I'm gonna set an alarm in case I doze off for because listen we talked about this this card is in Australia, but it's at a normal time. Right. Right? It's normal times. Everything is normal standard UFC as if it's in Vegas times, right? The main event is going to be around like 1130, midnight, something like that. So make sure sh- I'm going to have to set an alarm because I'll definitely fall asleep on the couch <laughs> if I don't. I'll text you. Yeah, thanks. I'll be up for – hopefully I can get her up for a feeding around uh, like 12 o'clock or so and well, start you that. You start
1: the feeding. She probably won't want yeah. to do the feeding until like 1 o'clock. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You can yeah, start absolutely.
0: Yeah, I'll you tell it. yourself you're doing something good. Absolutely. So make sure you follow us on Twitter and uh, get those picks there at FatchExports.com. He is Jordan Sherwood. I am Adam A. Abdallah on Twitter, and we will be back with you next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Thank you for listening.